I'm Alan Taylor, and today we're talking about International Cosmetics and Perfumes Incorporated. Emmanuel Sauget, he's the CEO. I met him at one of the events we do, and this guy gets it, everybody, and he's on the line right now. Emmanuel, how you doing? Fine. How are you, Alan? Good I'm doing you. good. Good you know, to hear from you again. Thank you. I was at Pebble Beach the other day and walking around with all the billionaires looking down their noses at the millionaires. And I walked by this one guy. He was dressed. You just had to look at him. But not only did he look good, when he walked by me, the guy smelled good. I had to, like, smell the air. You know, I was like, wow, what is that? I think that what you smell like is really important when you're in the successful world. I mean, every little thing you do, from the watch you wear to the shoes you wear to the cologne you wear to how you do your hair and all that stands out. Just how big is, by the way, how big is this cosmetics and perfume industry? It's about $26 billion. Um, that includes celebrity fragrances. That includes the high end and the low end. And it's quite a, 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 big, um, a big business. But let me take off from what you just said. You were talking about smelling good. And, you know, it's not really about only smelling good. It's um, marketing for us. It's the marketing of, of a new scent or a new story. And funny enough, we are currently launching uh, exclusively at Neiman Marcus and Bergdorf Goodman as we speak our latest fragrance by the House of Creed called Royal Mayfair. And I want to tell you a little bit about that story because you'll see how the marketing gets so intricate and yet so inviting at times. Royal Mayfair actually is in honor of the Duke of Windsor, who had actually commissioned the scent over 80 years ago in England. And we are now uh, introducing the fragrance for the common people, like ourselves, through our retail distribution. And you can buy Royal Mayfair Neiman's as we speak. But interesting enough, the Duke of Windsor was really a guy that pushed fashion beyond boundaries. He was very well known for being very extravagant and taking risks in, in his life. And if I describe to you what's in the scent, you're going to find it so amazing. We use British gin and Jamaican lime, as well as Bahamian oranges and Australian eucalyptus. You can see how complicated wow. and how intriguing a fragrance can become. And this scent, as we speak, is having uh, its best record ever in the House of Creed. We are really blowing it out of the waters with our retail partners. But that's what we do. On a side note, you see it is not at the reach of everyone. Our regular size of a product like that is in the mid $400. We're talking mm. 475 for a regular size bottle. And the customer, who is our customer, the high-end luxury customer, could actually push the boundaries as Duke Windsor did himself and actually buy a 500 ml bottle for $900. We're talking high-end luxury. I mean, for us to be able to market successfully and on the business side and to continue our growth where we are marketing products that are above $400 at retail, it's it's intricate. You know, you you got to really truly understand the luxury and quality in order to go down the path. There are certain people that carry themselves with such dignity and such grace. I know that you know Eric now, and he is one of those kind of guys. I just, I want to be like him. You know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> yeah, that's, and I'm getting at this age of my life where I see people that I want to emulate what it is they do. And I notice that I'm drawn to that. Dare I say it smells like success? 
you know, that looks like success. <laughs> and that's uh, what, you know, it feels like to me. This, uh, th- this new Ascent certainly does. And that is one of the primary messages that we want to give our customers when they buy into uh, the world of our fragrances. But, you know, I think most importantly, your first question you ask, and how do you go from a small player or a niche player to a market leader, which we have become with, for example, the House of Creed in North America? I would summarize it in a few points. It's understanding risk-taking. That's the first point we should talk about because by definition, when you take a risk, you got to weigh out two things. It's most often the passion that you have and also the consequences of that passion. Risk-taking will take passion but will have consequences. And I think for any young entrepreneurs wanting to get in the business or any businesses, they certainly have to go through the exercise of quantifying the risk very carefully. In our businesses, we had to find a retailer 20 years ago to carry our product line, and we took a gamble. We pushed and we convinced Nordstrom's, a major retailer in North America, and they took us on, and we started very small, and our company is in excess of $50 million a year just for the North American market. And it really was done through very careful steps along the way. Getting to the big size as we are now also took a very careful approach, more like a French approach to uh, corporate businesses. And I think, I, as I'm French, but I am a, an American at heart, having been in this country for over 30 years, French people tend to take business differently and avoid excessive fast growth in a sense. It's more at a slower pace to build, in our case, which we are in the luxury business, is to build a brand and not with excessive growth where you end up having an oversaturated distribution with your product line. Mm. And I think that is the approach we've taken with our businesses is to be very careful and not let anybody else convince us that we had to go any faster than we wanted to go. And it was, it was our own pace that we took, undertook that growth. Well, I want to take another uh, segment with you, if you don't mind, because I want to yeah. learn how to harness the luxury principles as a business owner. No uh, problem. Not easy to do. And uh, make this luxury lifestyle part of the DNA of, of my company. Um, luxury is, there's big money in luxury, so why not capitalize on it? We'll come right back and talk more with the CEO of International Cosmetics and Perfume Company, Incorporated, ICP, Emmanuel Sauget. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back. Today's guest from the International Cosmetics and Perfumes Company. It's uh, ICP. You can find out more at icperfumes.com, icperfumes.com. We're talking about, um, let's see here, harnessing luxury principles as a business owner and making luxury part of the DNA while building a luxury brand. And by the way, uh, one of the world's most renowned being Creed. Uh, Emmanuel Sage, back with you again. How do you go about harnessing these these principles? Luxury to one person is not the same as it is to another. True, but to be successful at it, you need several things. First, you need to build the right team. And from, a, from an operations perspective, a marketing perspective, a finance perspective, and a sales perspective, the team has to buy into the concept of luxury and understand it. 
because that team is going to be the storytellers. They are going to be talking to your consumers, your iron users, and end users in the stores, and we'll be able to tell such a powerful story around the product that the element of storytelling has to be outstanding and very tangible for the end user to buy into this luxury world that we're talking about. In my case, it's a fragrance, but it could be a car, it could be a pair of shoes, it could be a diamond, it could be a watch. It extends to lots of categories. But the storytelling is key, and that's what I stress so much. Secondly, you've got to have a heritage, I think. If the heritage is a few years old, or in our case it's 254 years old in regards to the House of Creed, Heritage means indirectly luxury. It means something that was once established maybe 200 years ago in our case and still lives today and breathes the quality that it had once. And that really is key also in understanding the world of luxury is, is being able to explain in your storytelling the quality, the aspect of, of what you're selling so that the perceived value to the end user is still very astonishingly high. In our end, Heritage and quality goes hand in hand with building that team. But we use, for example, the most rare ingredients with our fragrances. That's what we do. We will go with utilizing the most expensive raw materials and make no sacrifice that's there in order to provide the customer with the olfactive experience. Olfactive meaning your brain senses to smell and to understand and to have pleasure through the smells. That, we believe, can only take place successfully if you use the best ingredients in the world, which we do. Fundamentally, luxury also means innovating. You've got to be in the game to not be backwards, but forward in your packaging, in your ideas, in your... Now, it's the whole social media platform applies for luxury. But it's a different approach than more mass goods, and we have to be very innovative as an industry leader in order to harness that DNA of luxury to our customers and within our own company. In all of this, we use internally with ICP, we, we believe truly in commitment. So we get the team to truly drive luxury at the point of sale by for them to understand that we all need to be best in class performers, whether if it's a salesperson in one of our stores or whether it's somebody at our warehouse. We have a culture that is all about strong collaboration, amazing storytelling, outstanding service, and best-in-class performers. If I can get the entire organization to move that way in unison, then the product delivery, the story, and of course the end result, which is our level of sales in the retailers that we're in, can only increase. And that's what we do, you know. So luxury is not just about a product. It's about all the things that I've just mentioned, from innovation to the culture itself, to most importantly also using some sort of heritage or best ingredients in the packaging or whatever you're selling. So it's a very complex process. Well, and I think it works with whatever you do in life, in business. Best ingredients is very important. No sacrifices of quality. All these things are very important. And people are willing to pay for it. Now, here's a question for you, because you're working yeah. with these giant mega companies, and, and things are changing when it comes. We were talking earlier in the show about the earlier segments were how successful brands bond with customers for life. That was part of the, the topic. And we were talking about how in this digital world, things are changing so much. I would love to hear in the next segment how you guys at International Cosmetics and Perfumes Incorporated, ICP, how you guys are working with the Neiman Marcus of the world to make sure that they are also moving forward and not holding your brand back from growing 
by the fact that they are kind of stuck in their old way. So let's talk about that in the next segment. Uh, this is very interesting. This is the luxury marketplace we're talking about and a wonderful fragrance called Creed. You might want to check it out next time you get into Neiman. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back. I'm Alan Taylor, and today we're talking with Emmanuel Sage, CEO of International Cosmetics and Perfumes Incorporated, ICP. That's icperfumes.com on the web. So we're talking about the brand Creed. Let's just stick to that, which is this, you know, the world's most renowned fragrance, you might say, and especially being that you're in Neiman Marcus and all these big companies. Emmanuel, when you have ideas on how you want your brand marketed. Since you have these big partners like this, you can't just do what you want to do. You have to go in front of a committee or how does that work to make sure that your brand is not getting lost in the mix? How does that work? Yeah, sure. That's a very interesting and very, very good question to ask. Let's talk about U.S. retailers for a minute. We have several partners in the U.S., including Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom's, Saks, and of course, Neiman Marcus. Wow. And they are all good in their own aspect and within their own missions and, and objectives. But when it comes down to luxury, I will say that Neiman Marcus is the one that understand it best. It's been built in into their DNA for the last 60 plus years. And they probably have the, um, the greatest luxury customers on file in their books, which gives them a lot of uh, leverage in terms of moving some of these luxury products. Exactly. Uh, we talk about the Nordstrom's, for example, which we have selective locations carrying the House of Creed. We have shopping shops in Nordstrom's. They're a very valued player, but they're more known for service. And the per-counter transaction in Nordstrom's will be less than a per-counter transaction at a Neiman Marcus, for example. Mm. And But that's all right, because the customer is still able to reach our product line through the Nordstrom distribution. Now, going back to your questions on leveraging our strength versus the giants when it comes down to marketing and space and location, we undertook a very different approach 10 plus years ago, 15 plus years ago when we started with this brand by not letting the retailer dictate to us how we are going to spend our money from a marketing and sales perspective. Oh boy, that's that, good. That is it's a very difficult it's a very difficult place to be, but yeah. if you have the growth and if you become the leading brand in their stores, then you have a lot more power along the way and that's the position we're in today. And today we have also difficult conversations because we feel that the brand needs more space and more visibility in their stores than other brands deserve. Uh, and so we are having this discussion, and we are in a very good position because we're doing extremely large retail business, and it comes down to the size of your business. But we, you know, whether if it's Creed or Hana Imori, which is another brand that we have, those brands were, were built with a word-of-mouth type of marketing. We don't do national advertising. We don't do a lot of the things that other players in luxury do. We believe in, in different ways. We spend our times and investments at the store level or on the social media platform. So, you know, the retailer learned to respect us for what we do because they understood that we do it very well and we do differently. And that is how we manage doing business with very large entities. When you are in luxury, you are in demand, and this is high in luxury when it comes down to the house of creed. So indirectly, it is very important for the retailer to retain the relationship with us to continue carrying that brand because we are very selectively distributed. If you think about it, a woman can come into Neiman Marcus 
and buy a fragrance, and then most likely on the way out, since she bought, she came inside to buy a fragrance because she can't buy anywhere else in her town but at Neiman's, she might end up buying a lipstick or a pair of shoes or a dress on the way out. And the retailer understands that. When retailers carry exclusive brands or brands that are difficult to find, there's a whole exponential sales process that takes place for the retailer. Totally, totally. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. The luxury brands and the luxury marketplace is not an easy one to uh, make a mark on. And you guys have done such a great job at International Cosmetics and Perfume Incorporated. It's actually uh, internationalcosmeticsandperfumes.com. But it was a pleasure, pleasure being on your show, and I'm looking to having another another shot at it sooner. All right, very Later. good. No, we'll do it again. And listen, what I get from this, my takeaway is no sacrifices on quality, best ingredients, innovation, and you have to be bold. And I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Emmanuel Sage, thank, thank you. you very much. Anytime. All right. Well, that's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Well, I want to make love to you tonight. I can't wait till the morning has come.